Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Hey there, G. Hey, good morning, Mikey. Glenn, thank you. You're absolutely welcome. I love that we, uh, you carve out time of your schedule to have these coffees. They're great. I, uh, you know, they're certainly cathartic for me. I've gone through and listened to, uh, no one likes to hear their own voice on tape, right? I, I feel like a Pee Wee Herman. Hello, I, do. I am Mike. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, anyway, I act, I act much more responsibly in public places than Pee Wee Herman. But either way, that's a, sh- that's a topic for another show. Um, you know, I, I, this coffee this morning is, is I'm excited about. It's, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the way back machine, uh, to my early days of recovery. And, uh, and, and I want to talk about the ism. Uh, the way that it was explained to me, like alcoholism, ism, yeah, nice alcoholism, and uh, and you know, there's a uh, everything I'm going to share this morning, Glenn, and and I certainly want your your uh, your input and feedback on as I move through this process. But uh, came from a very good friend of mine. Um, I'll just call him John, uh, who said. Uh, he was very instrumental in my early recovery, and he sat me down at a coffee shop and uh, told me to get a piece of paper out, eight and a half by eleven, and we sketched out uh, his view of of what uh, alcoholism was and 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 how we uh, how we live with it. Yeah, that's great. So I did the same thing with uh, John. Okay. Um, I have a different name for him. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Doctor John. Okay. So. Um, you know he is, uh, and and so he's a he's a guy in our program. He's an MD. I probably have all all the initials wrong, but and, and he actually focused on um, alcohol and addiction yes. issues, right? right? So, you know, from a medical standpoint, from a brain standpoint, he's pretty dialed in, mm-hmm. right? One would say. Um, we've actually tried to get him on the show, but he's in the middle of moving and transitioning right now, so it's very hard from a, a time perspective to get them scheduled but this was meaningful you yeah know? it is i i thought it was really important to get really into impacted. our yeah get into our sessions as part of our inventory so as people are driving to work driving to an event uh or just taking time out to grow in their recovery that they've got something to work with so uh you know for those that are that are stationary you know grab an eight and a half by 11 for those that are uh are driving along i'm going to take this thing linear linear Hell, help me out with the word. Dude, I'm not sure if I could say that. All right. Literally. Thank you. Yeah, not literally. Literally. In a linear fashion. In a linear fashion. (laughs) So, so, you know, ism, you know. So, sketched on the top left of the sheet uh, is the word ism, you know, ISM, um, you know, and, and, uh, I think he he pointed out to me that you could just say it's inside myself, ISM, inside myself. And it's an inside job. It's an inside job, absolutely. And 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 what it is, you can pick a metaphor. According to John, you know, it, it's it, you're born with it. it. It's something. It's something within you 
Uh, you can call it born scared or a spiritual dis-ease or yearning for wholeness or a thirst for God or a basic human condition or, or God's finger poking at you or this is the one that I'll hold on to, a hole in the soul. Yeah, and I, I love, you know, they are great metaphors. Probably the one that I love the best is a hole in the soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can identify with that one. That's right. Um, you know, it's funny going through all my programs, all the doctors I went to and all the therapy sessions I went to, you know, everybody. In fact, at one point I had, you know, a panel of 10 PhDs and sat there and said, we're going to figure out why you drink, you know. And I spent so much time on that. And, and still today, I don't really know. Right. And, 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 and I got to the point where it really doesn't matter. Right. Right. right? Isn't that true? Yeah. Right. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I never, you know. You know, maybe it was because I was adopted and because I didn't feel like I was wanted and I always had to prove myself and try to be wanted and accepted. I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't right. matter anymore. Interesting, though, that we were both adopted. and so there Oh, you were go. too? Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. So, therefore, you know, there, there's that... There's that maternal hole in the soul. Yeah, that maternal hole in the soul. What was he like? What yep. you know? What? Uh, yeah. So, so I, you know, I agree with John on this point. Is that is that at least people I've run into and run across in my in my 62 years, you know, a lot of people are groping uh, for something. They're they're grasping for uh, some to fill some area in their life that that they feel is underfilled. Maybe it's their purpose. Maybe they're grasping for their purpose. You know, right. What am I about? And what? I, what should you know? I don't know. Well, you're getting to the end of the story there because oh, did because, I skip to the end? No, no, not at all. But but I think it's a really interesting point. The word purpose isn't isn't in my notes at all. But but yes, I I think it, that does. Uh, when we come right back down to this, when we come back up to this quadrant after the after our journey, there. Yes, purpose does help fill that hole in soul. But but let's talk about what happens, at least what happened for me. And that's what this chart is so uh, reflective of my life. Over on the right-hand side, you know, the movies, so you've got this hole in the soul. And then you try and fill this hole in the soul with, let's call them false gods, right? Mm-hmm. So it could be booze, it could be drugs, food, sex, work, money, etc. Right? It could be false whatever. gods are, are also known as... Phony fillers. Phony phony fillers. I love that. Yeah, right? Um, You know, so we're trying to fill it with something. And, and, you know, for me, alcohol worked. Drugs worked. Well, alcohol worked until it didn't work. Drugs worked until they didn't work. Um, Money worked until it didn't work. I mean, I look at these, I, I don't think that... For, for my my story anyway is that it wasn't just one of these things trying to fill this hole. I was throwing anything at it that I possibly could. Yeah, and and one of the things that that Dr. John says is so true is you know many of these phony fillers mm-hmm. are really applauded by sobriety. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, oh, you know, okay, if somebody overeats and weighs 600 pounds, there's not a lot of applause there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you know, a workaholic, yeah, right? right? That's really a phony or can be a phony filler. Sure. But people applaud that. Oh, oh society look loves at, that. Look, look at, at Mike. That Mike's aggressive. Look yeah. at that. Look at how purposeful. He's aggressive. Yeah. You know, or or money, right? Yep. yep. Our society, our culture, you know, applauds money. If you have a lot of money, oh, that's great. Nice yeah. job. Hey, yeah. that's great. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, that's filling that hole in the soul. That's right. You know, it's, it's falsely. 
you you look at you look at people in the world that have achieved according to the world standards and if you really had an opportunity to sit down and have an honest cup of coffee with them you'd find out that you know things aren't as they appear and i'm not saying in all cases um you know i i think that there are there are a lot of instances where people have found uh this purpose you talk about or or have found a healthy way uh to deal with this, so but, but moving ahead, we, we do have we do have these false gods that, mm-hmm. that that try, and they do they do all of them have this these three common threads. They work. Um, we do find temporary relief. Uh, they do fill the void. Um, they do become our coping skills, but inevitably, they are a disillus- disillusionment. Right? I mean, we're we're ultimately disillusioned by them. I mean, because they they're just not doing their job anymore. Yeah, I think it takes the focus off of what what the underlying underlying issue is. Sure, right, absolutely. You no, know, it just covers it up. It masks it. You know, that's right. So, so let's take the path of alcohol, right? So, you know, this is this is was the object of my addiction, right? Was the alcohol that that was my go to? So I continue to go towards that, and and the it brings me into into two scenarios. It, it brings me the first one is. You know, what the alcohol does for me, right? So for me, you know, it relieves me from self, right? It, it, uh, it, it, it takes, it takes it off target. It, help me out, Glenn. Yeah, so I would use the word escape. Okay. Right? So if, if, if I'm in a situation and I'm not liking me, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that, you know. Let's set the ism, right? It's right. it's inside of me. It's something not not right. It's the born scared. It's the hole in the soul. It's spiritual disease, whichever word you want to use. But when it's in the middle of happening, right? right. Um, you know, I used to use alcohol to escape that, right. right? You know, and I'm like, you know, hey, can't deal with it. Don't want to deal with it. Not sure what's going on. I'm just going to have some booze and, and hey, in about 20 minutes, nothing will matter anymore. That's right. So that that was the word I was hunting for there. You didn't say it, but it jumped back into my head, and it soothes my ism. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't fix it. It just soothes my ism, and um, you know I'm sure that 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 there's some medical definition. Maybe sometime we'll have a medical guy on here that can talk about things like the limbic system. And I've got and, one man. You got a guy, Doctor Kevin McCauley. Guy or a gal? Yeah, Doctor Kevin McCauley. He is the champion. Yeah, let's get them on. Yep. Right. So, but we're not, we're not going to talk about the we're not going to talk about brain science right now. But so these are things that alcohol did for me. But I hated what it did to me. Right. Because it impaired my judgment. Um, there was painful consequences. Look, I just act badly. You know. I, I. So so what it was doing for me. I had equal and and you know, equal amounts of what it did to me, which was all negative. So what it did for me in a positive way was affecting me negatively uh, because what it did to me. It impaired my judgment, really, and I just acted badly. So so eventually, the pain of what it did to me outweighed the pain of uh, the relief of what it did for me. Uh, and so this is where we kind of talk about a bottom, right? Yeah, so it's, I, I love how you say that, right? Because... Alcohol did a lot for me, mm-hmm. right? So for me, 
the consequences, you know, when I think of consequences, especially, you know, of, of drinking, they can be mild consequences mm-hmm. all the way to disastrous ones. Sure. And then shortly beyond that to death. Yeah, right, right. Right. So for me, and it just clicked, alcohol did so much for me. Oh, yeah. That the consequences had to be immense mm-hmm. to finally overcome that. That's right. Yep. To, to outbalance yeah, outbalance that. And, and and so you end up at a place that you've either had enough pain, you know, you're sick and tired, you know Check, check. Check, check. Uh or or you're making payments to the court. <laughs> right. Right. Check, check, check. <laughs> right. Amen, man. Uh or seeing a physician who's telling you that you are on a fast track to death. Right. Right. So so we say enough, right? I mean, look, that's easy. It's like, okay, well, I guess I got to fix this drink problem, this drug problem, right? Because I'm certainly in the wrong place. So I guess I got to fix it. Yeah, and and you just said that so casually, and 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 for me, it was very critical. It was September 2014, and 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 my way of saying enough. And I'm sitting on my counselor's floor after, you know, a, a, a one week relapsed six hospitals in one week across the country starting in palm springs and eight day detox you know so that's two weeks of 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 hell and i'm sitting on my council floor on a friday afternoon i can't even sit in a chair and i look at him you know and 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 my enough was i looked at him i said i said dude i will do because my point of surrender i said dude i will do anything you tell me to do i just can't take another drink i was sick and tired i was everything that you just described Right. I was, and and that's what came out of my mouth, and 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 damn it, I meant it. Yeah, and, and that's, I still mean it today. And and you know that I just want to underline that and put an exclamation part point on it. It, it, you know, for me, mine was October thirteenth, two thousand eighteen, and I stumbled. Uh, I got out of bed at about four forty-five in the morning, and uh, stumbled across the hall, grabbed a, uh, a a bottle out of a brown paper bag. Took five big guzzles, uh, stumbled across the hall to the bathroom, puked that up, went back into the bathroom, took five more guzzles, made my way down the hall, and sat at the table and said, is this what life has become? Mm. I give up. I don't want this life anymore. That's awesome, man. So, you know, I think for both our stories, there is shame and guilt and self-loathing, financial hardships, mental health issues mental issues, damaged relationships, and or, or, or a combination of all that. But we were left at this crossroad, and we really had three choices left, right? Um, we could either get drunk or high again, okay? Starting the cycle all over Check, again. I did that Check, a ton. Right, which inevitably would return yep. us right back to this point, uh, which, by the way, I can do alone. I can get drunk alone. Totally. Okay? Or we In fact, could, you prefer to do it alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> or we could go dry, right, which is... Painful and miserable, right? That's just not drinking, not opening a, the the bottle, the the top of the pill bottle, right? But but again, uh, I could do this alone, but it's a, the painful way to go. Or number three, get sober through a twelve step program, which is simply seeking a better way to live. Uh, which, by the way, I need others to accomplish, right? So that's the point where we find ourselves, because I. Because I found myself there, I didn't want to go back to where I was, and I had that same deep desire that you described so eloquently in your counselor's office. I had that same life point where I said, enough, no mas, no more. Yeah, so I like the the point you said about go dry, right? right. Painful and miserable, 
Right. Um, I can do this without AA, or I can do this alone. Sure. Or I'll, I'll fix this. Or my favorite line, I've got this. Right? <laughs> I got it. Um, I did that many times. In fact, at one point, I was sober for five months. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to use the word sober. I didn't drink you for didn't, five months. We're dry. I was dry. And, and I had a lot of good things going on in my life from a career standpoint. And, um, but, I mean, I was, I was miserable. I mean, that, that ism was, was certainly there for me. Um, I didn't have a solution, right? Booze was my solution. And, and I didn't have my, my solution anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it, was, it was super painful. Mm-hmm. And, and as I look back, mm-hmm. I mean, that was only part of the issue. So one was getting through things without having a drink, but secondly, in sobriety, I have learned factually how much better things can be if I lived, if I changed some areas of my life, and and live a different way. Right. Um, right. So so it's not just you know there's a guy. In fact, it's the same um, Dr. John. He just pain's the only motivator, and I, I agree. Pain is an absolute motivator, mm-hmm. but it's not the only one. Mm-hmm. Greed can be an awesome motivator also. And, and there was a period of time in this program, I worked the 12 steps so that um, I wouldn't take that next drink, right? right? And, and I kept showing up and kept showing up because I didn't want to relapse. And I, and, but then somewhere along the way, maybe the two-year mark, I don't know, I should have taken notes, but I, I, I kept coming back not to avoid pain mm-hmm. because I wanted more of the great stuff that I was getting. And today, I, I come and, and committed to doing this every single day, 90% of it, so I continue to grow and continue to get great stuff happen in my life, maybe 10% of it so I don't relapse, right? But I really do it focusing on what's great and growth. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. And, you know, so back to, back to where we're sitting, we're, we're, we're sitting with three choices, right? So either get drunk or high again, right? Go dry or get sober, right? And... But, but make no mistake that we're going to find ourselves back up at the top page. We're going to find ourselves, even in sobriety, we're going to find ourselves back with this ism. It doesn't just magically go away. There's still an ism. There's still a hole in the soul that needs to be filled. Uh, there is still a, a thirst or a, a wanting for, for more. But what I just heard you say is that the things that you're wanting to fill that with are now positive, healthy, helpful and and that's the real miracle of the program, the real beauty of the program. Um, and I think that once we find ourselves back confronted with that ism again, right, which we inevitably will be, right, that we have three choices. This is my last list of three. Uh, either embrace it, okay, learn to suffer better, right, uh, which may be one and the same, or walk afresh embarking on a lifelong journey of transformation, Right, so that's kind of where you're at. Am I willing to go through a little bit of, you know, I, I personally, I, yes, I'm suffering better. I don't like that as an option because I'm positive by nature. You know, that sounds kind of has a negative connotation to it. Oh, I suffer better. Or, you know, I, I, I like to say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow through pain. I, I'm okay with that. I, things are gonna happen. People are gonna die. I'm gonna stumble. My perfect program is gonna fail me today. One of the wheels is gonna come off, and I'm not gonna be practicing step one, two, three, or six. I don't know what the deal is, but but we are gonna find ourselves there. I think the quest is to 
and and the conclusion for me is to understand that we're always going to have this ism. It's going to be part of us uh, until the day we die. But I think there are things that we can do, uh, and we've done several, multiple sessions on spirituality in the program. You know, you could tap into that as one of the things to fill that hole in the soul. Yeah, you know, dealing with the hole in the soul, and I love how you capsulize that. Um, you know, my whole life, you know, and I'm going to put like four thoughts together here. They probably won't make sense. But, um, you know, I read a recent book, you know, last year or so um, by Dr. Uh, Scott Peck, and it's um, The Road Less Travel. Yeah, great book. Um, and, and I remember pulling up that book, and I bought it, and I said, okay, I hear people talk about it. I'll buy it. I bought it. So I sit down in my chair and I got my coffee and I'm ready to read the book. I open it up and, and, and the first page, the first one of the first lines, in fact, the first line is, life is difficult. <laughs> I'm like, this is bullshit. I don't want to read this. And I can remember, I never made it past that first page. I closed the book. I threw it on my bookshelf. And I'm like, I'm not reading that crap. Right. You know, because something in my head said... Life is supposed to be easy, and, 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 and you know, maybe that was a year and a half ago, and, and I've learned so much since then. And, and what I, one of the keys I've learned is to suffer better. And through my, um, I remember seven years ago now in, in, in my little four month program, you know, the counselor, well, the same guy I surrendered to, you know, it was an afternoon, beautiful sky here in Chicago, nice fall. And, I, he told me to sit in this plastic chair uh, for three hours. No phone, no outside, and just sit. And I was going out of my mind. I mean, just the pain that was going inside my mind. And, and, and that's when I think of suffering better. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned to sit through situations, mm-hmm. right? I've learned to sit in the chair and just get through it. But I've also learned, and, and I was just recently, you know, a couple days um, you know, I took uh, you know a couple of days to reflect, and and I read this book by um, by this Navy SEAL David Goggins um, called "You Can't Hurt Me" or something like that, and, um, and 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 he's like, who says life's supposed to be easy and comfortable? In fact, and, and I, my real takeaway from that is it's in the challenges, it's in the pain where you really start to grow, right? Right. So, Good. hey, I'm not a a, a pain. Um, enthusiast, but when I go through pain or go through challenges or go through even worse, just periods of being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, I, I recognize that. I'm saying, hey, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm super aware. I'm okay. I'm going to get through this. I've gotten through all of this kind of stuff before. This, this is okay. And I just suffer through it. And as I look back on those situations, they are periods of growth for me. And really driving strong, valuable benefit. I love it, Glenn. I love it. You know, here's the here's the thing. So I admit this morning... Bring us home, man. ...that I'm full of it. Yeah, you are full I'm of it. I'm full of it. I've told you that for a while. Are you ready to be full of it as well? Yeah. Right. Glenn, so, great session. Remember, we are, uh, we are alcoholics, and uh, and we will always have that ism. So embrace it. Yep. Love All it, right, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Mikey. All right, talk to you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. 
Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.